The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Live Money Podcast. Now, let me ask you a question. Is uh, being materialistic really that bad? You know, is it really the sin that the world tell you, tells you that it is? Or is it other people judging you? Um, you know, does anyone really want a shitter car uh, and a smaller, pokier, stinkier house and worse clothes and no possessions? Okay, there's these few vagabonds, you know, that love to free themselves and live a minimal life. But my guess is there's areas of your life, no matter how hippie or non-materialistic people might be, that you actually collect things or value things or even hoard things. Um, I know someone very close to me who reckons he's not materialistic at all. He values experiences way more than uh, material items, except he has a Porsche 911. Uh, and he loves his stocks that he has and all of his investments and all of his properties. Now, you know, he would call them assets, not material items. But OK, he's defined them as assets. Um, yeah, they're appreciating in value and some material items depreciate. But actually, you'd have learned from one of my other money podcasts that you can turn material items that you buy into appreciating assets if you buy the right material items. So I would say a lot of the world is judging everyone else who's got the nice car, the nice house, the nice watch, the nice bling, the nice handbag, you know, whatever. Um, and I think secretly... That's what they want too. I dare anyone to say, to say to me, if I had a choice between travelling really nicely and travelling shitty class, tra having a really shit car, a really nice car, right? it might not be a Ferrari, but you know, it might be a, a Tesla, you know, whatever it is you want. I challenge anyone to say, no, I want all the shit stuff. I want an, all the crap stuff and none of the good stuff. Um, so, uh, but, but here's the thing. Uh, of course, being purely greedily, materially focused without being in any way spiritual or giving or caring of others. Of course, you know, I get that, you know, that's an extreme. And, you know, you, you will probably know from the work that I've shared with you that any extreme view puts you out of balance and probably isn't the answer that you're looking for. So I'm going to give you some benefits of being materialistic uh, and I'm going to throw some counter arguments out there for you to think about. Um, I would say first thing is this, whatever makes you happy, you do. Uh, you know, if classic cars make you happy, buy them. If nice ha handbags make you happy, buy them. Now, buy them as long as you don't put yourself in financial difficulty. You don't have to go around, you know, showing off to everyone. But, you know, th those people that buy nice material items, clothing, you know, whatever else, um, and it makes them feel good. There must be something when they were raised that makes them feel good. It's fulfilling some kind of void. And I say, hey, that's OK. I know that I have that within me. Um, and in some areas, I'm not materialistic at all and don't care. And in other areas like clothes and cars and, you know, watches and things like that, I, I, I think I'm quite materialistic. And when I buy something of real beauty, um, yes, I, I, I like the material form, but I love the expression of spirit and creativity and ideas and passion and utility and research and development um, and all of these things. And yeah, someone spots your nice car and your nice watch makes you feel good too. If it makes you feel good, good. 
Um, okay, so I would say this. A lot of people are like, well, there's materialists over here and then there's spiritual over here. And being spiritual and, and happy and free is good and being materialistic and greedy is bad. I'm going to challenge that because I think that's nonsense. Um, because I would say that every material item has spirit in manifested form. Uh, and one of my mentors, John Demartini, says that spirit without matter is motionless and matter without spirit is expressionless. So a rock might be matter without spirit. It's a rock. It's nothing. It's just form. Um, but, you know, an idea that could make something beautiful or solve the world's problems without energy into a material form is actually not anything that we perceive in the physical world of, you know, humanity, if you like. So I would say that there is no difference between matter, material, materialism, and spirit and spirituality, because every material item has passion, a beauty, creativity. And even if it's not, a, a, you know, like a beautiful watch or a beautiful car or a beautiful handbag or design or something, um, it has utility, it has function, it has purpose, it has solution, all built within every single material form. So I'll give you an example. This um, live feed that I'm doing I'm si is sitting on a tripod. It's called a Joby or a Jobby, J-O-B-Y, 15 quid. And it's a three-legged tripod that you can pretty much move like that. I've put it on the dashboard of my car and its legs are all over the place. And it is such a great piece of kit. 15 quid, you can put basically put your phone anywhere and stand it like it's a proper tripod. Now that is a thing of utility, it's a solution, it's a material item. And okay, if it was gold-plated or solid gold for someone to go, hey, look at my bling, it still has function. Um, and every material item has function, otherwise it would, you know, otherwise it just get buried and go back into a landfill and, and you know, and, and would go back into the earth, uh, which they do. So um, I would understand with your materialism and other people's materialism, um, that there's great spirit and expression within it. Your, your energy and your passion give this material item life. Um, now, if you didn't put your spirit into, a, into something functional, um, then that, that's called, you know, your work, your life, your job, your career, your art, your creativity. You put your ideas and your spirit into something that you manifest into a physical form or product or service, an idea, a solution. OK, so that is you putting your effort and energy and spirit into something that you exchange. And that might be then translated uh, through money because, you know, this material form is then exchanged via energy, which the physical manifest form is money that you exchange with each other. Now, if... Um, if someone didn't buy my stuff, then I wouldn't be able to survive, sustain, pay my mortgage, you know, feed my kids, all that kind of stuff. And whether my stuff is a 15 quid tripod or a 175 pound Porsche Panamera Turbo S or, a, you know, an 85 grand watch or a three grand handbag or, you know, whatever it is that's material or, you know, a 10 million pound house, you know, whatever, it someone has created that product or service. They happen to be higher end, not lower end, but both have equal utility and function, otherwise it wouldn't be necessary. So without someone buying your materialism, you wouldn't be able to have your job, your career, and sustain your 
your, your lifestyle. Now, of course, over time, um, we've created form and spirit in art and material items that, you know, don't perceive, we don't perceive that they have the utility that maybe um, they, they did three or 400 years ago when it was more necessity based. But if it didn't have a function, it wouldn't be here. So you could argue that it is necessity based. Um, so the very act of you buying material items is the act of giving spirit and energy to someone else. It's sustaining them. It's giving them um, subsistence. Uh, you know, it's give, enabling them to pay their overhead to then put their art out to the world. Now, you know, some of my critics are going to attack me here and say, oh, Rob, that's just an elaborate way of saying, you know, spend loads of money and, you know, be a materialist bastard or whatever. But I, I really believe this because if someone didn't buy that, um, they, they wouldn't have any exchange. Uh, and they'd have to go back to being a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, and I need a piece of meat. All right, then fine. Well, I've got a piece of bread. Should we swap the piece of bread for the piece of meat? Well, I actually don't want any bread at the moment. Um, I want some shoes. Um, where's the cobbler? I don't know. Um, it's all a bit inelegant and awkward. And Oh, I'll have that meat in a week, mate. Oh, but in a, in a week, it's all rotted and we can't store it. Um, now, if you go, like, I, I talked about this a lot in my book, Money. Now, if you study the richest people in history, and there are many commonalities of the billionaires in, you know, and some of, by the way, some of the modern billionaires are nowhere near as um, wealthy, you know, pound for pound adjusted for inflation as some of the um, older billionaires going back hundreds or even thousands of years. You know, Genghis Khan, hugely wealthy. Of course, Vanderbilt, Carnegie, all those people, hugely wealthy. Getty, wealthy. Uh, and um, one of the commonalities of virtually all the titans of wealth across the world is that they, they believed they were, that it was their divine right or some kind of higher power right to be surrounded by opulence, you know, whether it was servants or gold, you know, or being, you know, having loads of um, a harem, an entourage or, you know, whatever, or fine dining, um, you know, all, all, all their um, utensils and things that were made of beautiful stones and gold. And you get the picture, I don't need to carry on with that. Um, and uh, why isn't it yours? Why is it not your right to surround yourself with wealth and material um, comfort or even opulence. Why does that make you bad? I guess a lot of people say, well, well if, you'd, you know, if, you, um, if you buy material, expensive material items, then you're taken away from the, the poor. Um, no, it, money doesn't work like that. Money isn't a zero-sum game. It's not where, like, you know, I get X and therefore someone loses X. The money that I get, someone freely gives to me. Uh, and it's not like someone in Africa... Um, it was taken away from them to give to me. It's just a dynamic exchange uh, where I give, someone receives, someone gives, someone receives, they give, I receive. Um, and actually, here's the myth. A lot of people think if you take, if you have material items and wealth, you are taking from people when in reality you're increasing wealth when you invest in material items. And I did a story in money, a hypothetical story, but it was based on someone I know. So it was, you could say it was... Um, fiction based on fact, based on a true story of a billionaire I know. And I wrote a story about um, imagining that a billionaire came over in his private jet to come and see me. So he, um, hires, he's he got a private jet, um, which of course, the, the company of the private jet, um, you know, that made them a 15% profit margin and it hired, you know, it helped hire all their staff and pay all their mortgages. And of course, then it needed a crew. So the crew were paid and then they came over and then they landed their landing fees and all the stuff paid to, to the airfield. And there's tips, you know, getting flown around everywhere. And there's two or three entourages and then a driver and, you know, a car that's hired. And, um, you know, and then they come to Peterborough and they meet with me and they buy lunch and they pay a load of tips or they hire out a whole venue just to have a private party and blah, blah, blah. And I went through this whole scenario 
Um, and what you find is the, the wealthier someone is, the more money that flies around. You know, it's called, I, I call this your GDP or um, they increase the velocity of money. So you buying material items is driven by you creating a product and service that serves the world equally that serves you. You make loads of money doing it. So that desire for you to grow your enterprise forces you to create products and services that are useful to the world because if they weren't, they wouldn't buy them. They buy them in droves. You make a decent amount of money. You pump that money into material items like watches and cars and travel and you know these things that you love. I'm not going to judge. Call it what you will. Clothes, everything else. That then funds their art and um, more money flows and the velocity increases and your personal GDP increases. And money isn't like, okay, well, I've earned a fiver today and I can't earn a fiver tomorrow. You could earn a fiver every second um, if you increase the speed of money. Uh, And actually, when you hoard money and you save money and you scrimp money and you budget money too tightly, you hoard money. And the world won't give more money to a hoarder because if the world manifested through individuals... Um, see, oh, that person's a tight bastard. He never buys a drink at the bar. Um, they're just never going to give you any money. Uh, um, oh, that person's a bit of a scrimper. I'm not going to JV with him, lend him any money, go into business with him. So hoarders who hoard money don't attract more money because that is negating the function and purpose of money. And the function and purpose of, purpose of money is to flow. It's energy uh, manifested into material form of coins and paper. And, and energy has to move. It always moves. It never sits still. We're always vibrating, apparently, according to many of the vibrationists. That's the next movement to come live uh, that I'll probably comment on. Um, so you can also have material items as goals. You know, when I hit this, I'm going to buy myself a pair of shoes. When I hit this, I'm going to buy myself a watch. When I hit this, I'm going to buy myself a car. When I hit this, I'm going to buy myself a house. In order to hit those goals, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you have to create valuable products and services. You have to solve meaningful problems. You have to offer value to other people. And then the fair exchange is that you get your fees for it and you're left with a 20% profit margin. That desire for those material items that you shoot as a target gives you this hunger. That hunger gets you out hustling, as the Americans call it, and 10xing uh, to go and do more of this work, brings in more money. You pay these material, you pay for these material items or all these experiences. Experiences are materialist as materialism is materialist because paying for nice experiences, you're also buying physical things. You're renting a flight. You could, you could argue that someone that buys something, at least they own it, when you have experiences, you rent a flight and you rent sleeping for the night. You don't have to do that. You could do that at home. Um, yeah, uh, okay. this turned into a little bit of a rant. I didn't realise uh, that that was going to be the case. So it can be a gift that you give to others by investing in uh, material items. And I would say um, it, it, you would be wise to buy material items that give you joy, um, that mean something to you. Uh, that you maybe could even turn into investment. Like if you buy a car at the right money, I've got a a Ferrari sat just there, which has gone up about 35 grand. I'm looking to buy a Testarossa this year. I was a fool. I was an absolute fool when I I bought a Ferrari 430 Spider about, what, seven-ish years ago. And at that time, um, their Ferrari Testarossas, which is pretty much one of my favourite Ferraris, uh, were about 40 grand. And I thought, you know what? And I wanted one. And I knew they'd go up. Um, but I, like, I had all the voices in my head. Oh, Rob got two Ferraris in his, you know, early thirties. Uh, what are they going to think? They're going to mock him. He's going to be all over these forums, you know. Oh, Rob's lost the plot and two Ferraris, Rob. And I just let all the voices get in my head. They're hundred and twenty or grand now for a cheap one. What an idiot I was. I have lost eighty grand because I knew it was going to go up because I'd watched the prices for ages. 
Um, and, and I vowed to myself never to let the voices and critics and trolls and anyone else bearing an opinion on me um, have an, you know, feedback, yes, but not, you know, the, the, the criticism that's unfounded. And I talked myself out of it and that, that was a dumb thing to do. Um, but, you know, when you buy that beautiful car, you buy that from a, a, a classic car um, seller or um, company who's loved that car and maintained that car or a private collector who's loved to maintain that car. So their expression and passion comes through to you. Then you have, you have to keep it going and regularly keep it maintained. There's a, um, a, a car garage down the road from me that can do um, vintage Porsches and vintage Ferraris. So I'll probably be in there every five minutes. I'll be paying them school fees and their mortgages and increasing the the GDP. I'm in other, or I'll just put it in the stock market. Oh, great, it's in the stock market. And at the moment, the stock market's kind of yeah, um, not doing all that well. And, you know, that's just hoarding it. Okay, you could argue that putting in the stock market is funding companies, but, you know, but, but I think money that moves freely is the gift that money gives. Um, now, finally, of course, duh, uh, don't let the, the material items rule your life. Um, you know, balance the material with the spiritual. Be grateful for what you have as well as what you're shooting for. Use these material items as uh, roadmaps, as, um, you know, like um, little sort of checkpoints in the road, just as feedback to let you know that you're going in the right direction because money and the amount you make is one feedback mechanism that you're growing. Of course, you know, how you feel and your happiness and your knowledge and your experience and your growth and your contacts and your network, they're, they're all other measures of progress, but money is one measure of progress. That's okay. Okay, don't let anyone tell you it's not. Use it as uh, targets. Um, you put your spirit into it. So I have a 79 Daytona, Relic Daytona that's 1979. Uh, and really, I've only bought that to give to my son when it's my time to go. Um, and so that beautiful Relic Daytona, one of very few, um, which you'll appreciate a lot in value, already has, uh, um, you know, the, my spirit will go into that. Uh, and that spirit will stay with my son for the rest of his life when I'm gone. Uh, and that's what materialism can do. So is being materialistic that bad? I don't think so. As long as you don't let it rule your life, which is kind of uh, duh, obvious. Um, and don't let the extreme spiritualists, spiritualists tell you anything else because secretly they want a nicer car and a nicer house and some better clothes. I know that. You know that. I hope you found this impromptu live money podcast useful. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.